Welcome to the Ask the Experts podcast. Here's Karen Bhatia. I am Karen Bhatia, and this is Ask the Experts. And we are, of course, coming off of the mega welterweight matchup. Errol, the truth, Spence versus Danny Garcia. Errol Spence did what he wanted to do in there. And as I tweeted after the fight, Errol Spence is who we thought he was. Danny Garcia is who we thought he was. And of course, Errol coming back after that horrific car accident. We were all curious to see if it would be the same Errol Spence. Well, I'll say this. It it wasn't the same Errol Spence. I think it might have been a better version of Errol Spence. And by his own admission, he doesn't take anything in life for granted anymore. He may be training harder than ever. And if you looked at the way he looked, he looked in supreme shape. Uh, And he had a great dominant victory uh, over Danny Garcia. He definitely proved that he is back. He's still a force, maybe the top welterweight in the world. Obviously, Terrence Crawford was uh, in attendance there, so we're talking about 1 and 1A, and of of course, we need to see that mega fight happen next. For Danny Garcia, we realize that there is a ceiling for Danny Garcia. Um, He beats the B level guys. He loses to the A minus A level guys. He's he's lost to Keith Thurman, Sean Porter, um, and now Errol Spence. So what does that mean? What can he do? Well, if he is committed to maybe trying to get past that level, um, maybe it's a, a new trainer change. And that isn't anything against his father, Angel Garcia, in any way. But what I mean is might be change, it might be time for a change of scenery, if you will, uh, some kind of new tactics, some kind of new training. We, we may have to try something different, right? The definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So I think we've seen the ceiling for Danny Garcia. The question is, is he interested in trying to get past that ceiling or is he happy where, with where he's at? Um, this level, fighting top names, and maybe just continue to do that for a few more years, make make some more millions of dollars, and then ride off into the sunset. That will be the question uh, for Danny Garcia. So today, to give you some good reaction to this fight, I have two great guests. I'll be speaking to Eric Paulin and George Jakovic. Both Eric and George worked on Fight Camp, which was the show following both of these fighters they were embedded into camp uh, for weeks at a time with spence and danny garcia so i'm gonna ask them a about the fight and then b we're gonna take a peek behind the curtain to the production world what was the workflow like what was it like being in camp uh what was it like doing the edit um remotely from new york and what was it like putting the show together and then of course any funny stories any incidents anything that happened along the way uh that happened in this preparation to this big welterweight matchup so let's get right into it here is my conversation with eric paulin and george jakovic i am karen batia and let's ask the experts I am Karan Bhatia. I am chatting with Eric Paulin, the senior producer and showrunner for PBC Fight Camp and Countdown, and George Jakovic, producer, field producer extraordinaire. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Awesome, Karan. Good to be here. Good to have you guys. And we are, of course, coming off of Spence Garcia. It was a mega 
welterweight matchup, of course, at Jerry World. Um, I, I got to first start off by saying I don't think you guys saw this, but during rehearsals, the countdown show was playing in Dallas Cowboys Stadium, and someone sent me a photo of myself on that giant screen. So that was a thrill with, for me. I just wanted to share that first of all. I saw that you posted it, so that, that's how I knew about it. Same. I was just <laughs> going to say that, but George was faster than I am. Um, and I yeah. saw you all day long on the, uh, on the, as you were getting ready to buy the, to buy the fight, you were on every, I don't know, 16 seconds or so. Oh, no, on the, uh, the Barker show? Yeah. That's great. Um, so it was a very interesting lead up and so many storylines and we'll talk about that, but let's, let's react to this fight. Um, and George, I'll start with you. Uh, we knew the storyline coming in. Errol Spence had the car crash. He used to be pound for pound top guy. We didn't know if he would be. Um, Danny Garcia is no slouch. Only had two losses and those were against top fighters. So that was our setup, and we probably maybe thought it would be a little bit more competitive. I, I thought Spence would win pretty easy. Um, George, what's, what's your initial reaction from this fight? Well, I, I'm, I'm just like everyone else. The, the big question mark was, was Spence going to be the same guy coming off the, that horrific crash? Um, I think a lot of it was based on that. Now, yes, Danny Garcia, you know, two former – welterweight champion junior welterweight champion um you know everyone knew that he was going to give him a good fight i mean the only fights he lost were against sean porter and keith thurman a lot of people thought he won those fights uh but that the whole thing was was how was errol spence going to hold up and i mean he held up you know um he he looked like errol spence and, and again, that was the big question. And, and Danny Garcia, in the end, you know, uh, unfortunately, he, 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 was, he was Danny Garcia. I would say the one drawback to Danny Garcia is that he's not busy enough, that he doesn't throw enough punches sometimes. And that's probably why he lost the two fights he did lose. And you, you kind of saw that again. He's, a, he's an excellent fighter. He's got a lot of skills. But I think the biggest criticism of him is his, his – inability to let his hands go at times but you're right I I thought it was going to be a closer fight and listen you get a little jaded too when you're in a camp I was in Danny Garcia's camp for three weeks um but I I, I thought it was going to be a more competitive fight yeah I think I think a lot of people did um and we'll talk about your experience in the camp because I definitely want to hear about day-to-day -day with Angel Garcia and we'll get we'll get into that in a sec. Um we all wanted Danny Garcia to let his hands go. It's it's easy for us to say as observers of the sport, mm -hmm. let your hands go. It's a different thing to do that in the ring, especially when you have one of the best pound for pound fighters in the sport across from you. Uh I tweeted out after the fight, I said, Errol Spence is who we thought he was. Danny Garcia is who we thought he was. And that was kind of my summation of what we saw. Uh, from that fight. Eric Paulin, you obviously uh, worked closely with these guys. You spent time in both camps. What did you think of, of Errol Spence's performance? What did you think about the fight? I'm just going to go back a little bit because I wound up going down to Dallas to do the countdown interview with Errol. And we did Derek James first. And, you know, he had told me what great shape Errol was in. And when Errol walked into the gym, and this is about a month out from the fight, give or take, he looked fantastic. I mean, I think he walked in about 
157. He was trim. He was lean. He, he just looked good. And I saw him, and I just knew that he was going to be Errol Spence. And from the minute that that fight started, he was Errol Spence. He, got to, he used his, his range. He used his jab. He came in with combinations. Yeah, he got hit on a couple counter punches, a couple of uh, couple times at the end of the rounds. I think round nine or round ten. I don't remember exactly. Uh, Danny hit him hard and knocked out his mouthpiece. But they were so few and far between. Errol really controlled the fight, um, and and uh, Danny wasn't just like George said. He just wasn't busy enough and Errol was very busy and he gave the appearance of being busy which was important as well and he landed when he needed to land the jab was just fantastic it was cracking all night and I didn't think that there was any doubt I was you know I would have liked to have seen one of the guys go down and but it was it was a very entertaining fight you know Danny was tough and Danny hung in and there was a point uh again, in the, at the end of the 10th or the 11th round where um, one of the analysts just said, I've never seen, I've never seen Danny Garcia this beaten up. And he was, he really was, Errol did a job on him and it was really impressive. Errol was, you know, the exact same fighter who you saw against Sean Porter uh, in September of 2019. Yeah, he was the exact same fighter or, and we'll talk about this, maybe he was better because yeah, of what absolutely. happened and maybe he trained Harder. Uh, so, George, you spent time in Danny Garcia's camp, uh, his gym in Philadelphia. He's got the barber shop there. He's got uh, – I, I was there recently. He has his uh, apparel store for the official Danny Swift Garcia apparel. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, his trainer, his father, Angel Garcia, who – his own Instagram account is Crazy Angel Garcia. He's uh, very out there. Um, as a personality. So, George, how long were you in that camp? And uh, just just take us through it, man. What was that like day-to-day with that dynamic with uh, Angel and Danny? Well, I was, in, I was there for – we were there for three weeks. And, uh, yes, Angel is a, a, a character, to say the least. I mean, you know, anything comes out of his mouth, anything and everything. But he's a very he's, – he's very easy to like. He, for all the, the, the bad press he gets, and he, he has said some outlandish things, he's a, he's a good guy, and, and he's very likable. And he treated us, the whole Garcia camp, they treated us with respect. They knew what kind of a job we were doing. They opened their homes to us. Um, we, had a, we had a great time with them. And, you know, Danny has never given any indication that he would – get another trainer. Um, and we, we talked about this. He talked about all the, the talking his dad does, and he doesn't have to talk because his father talks for him. Um, but it was, it was a fast three weeks we had in camp. Danny, because this fight was postponed a few times, Danny had a very long camp. I mean, he was in outstanding shape. I mean, we watched the guy train, you know, five, six days a week. He had young, hungry sparring partners who these, some of these guys are going to make a name for themselves. He was supremely ready for the fight. And unfortunately, his style, the way he fights, 
it just wasn't enough to beat Errol Spence. You, you have to, unless you can out-jab Spence, and Danny said it. He said the jab was the key. Unless you can out-jab Spence or, or hurt him, you're going to have a long night. And unfortunately, it wasn't until the 12th round, and even Angel said this, Danny let his hands go and really started to go toe-to-toe with about 30 seconds left. It just, it, it just wasn't enough. And that really makes me respect, and go, going back a little in history, a fight like Hagler and Hearns, which at the time was the biggest fight. It was a fight of the year, the biggest fight made. So much was on the line, and both guys came out. They, they, they let it go in the first round. You know, Diego Corrales and, and, and Jose Luis Castillo, they let it go from the beginning. It takes very special fighters to do that. And it's tough because you're going to get hit back. And Danny just couldn't fight like that. That just wasn't his style. Um, but look, in Philadelphia, I, I love Philly. We had a, we had a great time. Um, and again, Angel... Angel was a, is, a, is a great guy, and he's, he's a funny guy. What you see in the interviews, that's him all the time. I mean, his own family, they, they say he's crazy, but they, they love him. Um, we, I had a great time in camp with Danny. It really might have been the best version of Danny Garcia or the, you know, his top version. He's got the, the mortal chin, still got beat up, 30, 32 years old, still in his athletic prime. And it might just be if Danny is going to stay with Angel Garcia as his trainer. No offense to Angel Garcia, but, you know, obviously we know the ceiling that's there in terms of the way that they're training and the way that they're preparing for these fights. Um, you know, and, and I say that not because Angel Garcia is a bad trainer. I say that because they've reached a, a situation where they're getting to the top fights and sometimes losing those. Keith Thurman, Sean Porter, and now Spence. No shame at all in losing those. Um, but if you want to maybe get to the next level, maybe you have to change something up and that could be training in a different way. That could be just getting in a new trainer for a change of scenery. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things that we, that, that Danny Garcia could look at, uh, moving forward. If those are his goals to try to somehow get to that even higher tier, even though he's still, uh, very much at the top of, of welterweight. So Eric, I wanted to ask you, I know you, you talked about going down, to Dallas with, with Errol Spence. And obviously this was probably the most fascinating time to go down to Dallas with Errol Spence because he went into hiding after the car crash, um, the gruesome car crash, didn't break, break any bones, but we saw these photos and, and it was obviously really bad. Um, there, was, there was two things I wanted to ask you about. One is, and we touched upon this on the Countdown Show, was uh, Derek James and the story about looking through the mitts and just seeing Errol there. And, and number two, something we were talking about before was, was this the best version of Errol Spence because he trained that much harder because he wasn't taking anything for granted because he wanted to show the world that, that he is the same fighter or better? So, I mean, I had never heard the story in, in doing the countdown interview and you prepared me very well. Thank you, Curran. Um, when I sat with Derek and he said to me, it was right after the, interview that he did with Brian Kenny and people thought Errol looked puffy and people thought Errol was talking slow and Errol said in the interview that maybe he shouldn't have done it maybe he wasn't ready at that time but he when it was very soon after that that uh that he called Derek and he said I'm ready 
He said, I'm ready to come back into the gym. This is pre-COVID, but they kept it very quiet. They worked out, I believe, at Derek's house first. And um, when they finally put the mitts on and, 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 and Derek was standing there, it, he had such a visceral reaction to looking at his protege, the guy that he has been with, you know, for 15 years and, you know, seeing him in this new light that it was miraculous that, that nothing happened worse than it did that night of, of October 10th, 2019. So when he finally got back in the gym and Derek was there looking at him through the mitts, it was a very emotional experience for Derek. It was an emotional experience for Errol. Neither of them wanted to let the other one know that it was that visceral, that that feeling was there. But, you know, Derek being a, a, a fighter himself and having, you know, groomed Errol his whole career, he, he was like, oh, my God. And he got chills. And I'm, I'm getting chills talking about it. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, this is like really like opening up the Pandora's box into – you know, this, this insight as to, you know, they were really, the two of them were just so, they really opened up and, you know, Errol went for 60 minutes and the sound guy who knows him very well said he'd never seen Errol, you know, speak like that. And so emotionally, and, and I felt it when I was down there, he was much more humble. He was much more respectful of the process. He was much more uh, of our process as television producers. And he just, you know, he kept saying, you know, I, I, I hate to think of the reality of what would have happened for my girls had I not, had I not been here. And um, the second part of the question was the best version of Errol Spence. Uh, yeah, is, is this, is this, yeah. you know, almost like not a blessing in disguise because yeah. this was, you know, a tragic, you know, unfortunate thing yeah. that happened, but did it motivate him? Did it make him, yeah. you know, he looked at least visibly like he was in maybe the best shape that we've seen. him. Yeah. He, he was in incredible shape. And, and like George said about Danny, I mean, we watched Errol train every single day. He did those five mile runs uh, five times a week with his friend, Jordan, Jordan Isom. And, um, he did that night run at the track, and um, that was the start of their process, the two of them together. Jordan is like his brother, literally. I mean, they are inseparable, and, um, you know, they came back together, and they did everything together, and um, they both said, Eric and uh, Errol and Derek both said to me that it was really only four people who were involved in the training process. Uh, Derek's brother, Maurice, who's the assistant trainer who, you know, does so many things at that gym and, and, and does so much for, for his brother, Derek, and so much for Errol. And he was there through the whole process. And he really helped with the motivation and pushing Errol. And Jordan and Derek and Errol. And the four of them were like this band of brothers that, pushed Errol to come back and they did it together. And you saw in, in his camp, how hard he worked. And I think one of the first, I, I think it's in the first show that um, I think he did a 16 round, you know, typical Errol 16 rounds of sparring and his sparring, you know, they bring in the bigger guys and um, he fights, he, 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 he pushes himself so hard and his sparring rounds are not, 
anything to be trifled with. They're really something. So when he's going 16 rounds, they are throwing for 16 rounds. I mean, that's 48 minutes of just, you know, intensity. And he likes to do that three, four times a week. And, you know, besides his, his, his other training. So, uh, like I said, I saw it when he walked in the gym. There was something in his eye. He looked trim. He looked lean. He looked fast. And we saw it all in the fight. Was this the best version of Errol Spence? Um, every time you see him, you think that. Every time you see him, he's a little better. You thought you saw it with Mikey. You thought you saw it with Sean, who gave him a, a hell of a fight. Sean really – Sean got in his head. He talked about that in the interview. I know you used that in the Countdown show, and as did we in the first episode of Fight Camp. Um, Sean got in his head, and this time – he controlled the tempo. He said that, and he did from the minute that that fight started. He took control of the fight, and for the most part, over the course of the, the 36 minutes and 12 rounds, he, he really controlled the fight. He certainly did, and if that was the goal from the community down there with Spence to get him back, they, I would say mission accomplished A-plus because they certainly rallied around him uh, and, and did that. Um, and he obviously looked great. And, and I'll talk to you guys about what is next in a sec. But George, you were in Philly, like we said. And, and part of what I wanted to do with this is also talk about the production aspect of it and, and um, your role as the producer, field producer, director down there. So you're working with Eric. Eric is the senior producer in New York, um, putting this show together, working with the team. What is the day-to-day -day like for you down there? Um, how are you coordinating with Team Garcia? And then any funny incidents, any moments, anything that stuck out to you? There's always crazy things going on in a, in a training camp. So anything that stuck out to you? Well, I mean, almost every moment with Angel was funny. And a lot of it, it's language that I probably wouldn't use on this podcast. But, um, but the day-to-day, the -day, it, was, it, was, it was very easy to work with them. Uh, when, when, Kent, when our time started with them, we, we met with Angel and Danny and we talked about what we wanted to do. And from that moment, they pretty much opened up and they let us know when things were happening. You know, if, when I asked to do things at the house and they were, they, they opened their doors, it was very easy. And, and Eric will tell you, you know, as producers, you, you, you want to push certain stories, but the rest of the stories are going to unfold in front of you. I mean, these are fighters and they're in camp and they don't do much besides train and rest. But uh, it was it was very easy because our our meetings with the Garcias, again, with them opening up their home, it was simply just asking, can we do this? Can we do that? And Angel would say, well, Danny's getting a haircut. What Do you guys want to shoot that? Um, it was very easy from that aspect. And you know, Eric and I talked every day. We talked a few times a day or, or we were text messaging. And uh, with with Danny, it was very easy. And it was tough because we, we, we lost a couple of days because of certain things. But it's a, a testament to the Garcias opening up their home that we had so much material to work with. Um, and fun, funny moments again. I can tell you a lot of funny moments with Angel, but I'm sure he wouldn't want me to repeat uh, those things. But uh, it was a, I, I think one of the funniest moments, and it was in the show, we had a, a dinner. You know, I was talking to the Garcias because uh, Danny's brother was there, Eric, one of his sisters were there. He's got two sisters and his mom was there. 
And I asked them all about Angel, and they all said the same thing. He's crazy. They all said, he's crazy, but we love him. And just seeing the way they all interacted, Angel's the kind of guy that can go from making a joke to five seconds later, he's talking about how much he loves Danny, and he starts to cry. And honestly, I think the one moment that stood out to me, um, and this was without the cameras there, it was at the end of the day, we were leaving the gym because Angel would give me the keys. I literally had the keys to the gym. That's how giving these guys were. Um, I was in the gym talking with him. The, uh, the crew was outside getting ready to go. And, you know, again, Angel goes from topic to topic within seconds. But we were talking about Danny and he was talking about his house. And he mentioned that, you know, the home in Pottstown where they all live, Danny gave Angel that house. And Angel was talking about that. And he started talking about how good of a son Danny was. And he started to cry. And a lot of people think it's an act with Danny, that he only does it with the cameras around. But he was crying. And and he said, you know, I, I put my hand on his shoulder. And, um, you know, he said, you know, I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm crying because I'm happy because I have a, a great family. I love all my kids. And it just struck me because, again, there were no cameras. This wasn't documented anywhere. This was just me and, and Angel in the gym. Um, and it just shows you the, the kind of guy he is besides all, the, all of the somewhat crazy things he says. It's definitely a very close-knit family situation. You can feel uh, as crazy as Angel Garcia is, you can feel him gushing about his son. He, and he, he's good about mentioning his whole family. He doesn't right. just say Danny, but I'm sure he's specifically proud of Danny in terms of what he's done as a world championship boxer and being at this level. Um, and so you, you can feel that from them, uh, which is great to hear. You know, I'm, great, I'm glad to hear that you also had that experience. And it's great that they worked with you and the team uh, because it's, it's, the, you know, it's obviously difficult if the fighter and the team are not in, this, in sync with the production uh, crew that's there. So Eric, you were show running the show. You were looking at footage from both sides um, to give us a peek behind the curtain of your day to day for fight camp. Obviously there's cameras uh, following these guys uh, almost 24 seven. They're, they're basically embedded in camp. Um, we're getting different sound, different on the fly interviews. We're talking to different characters. We're setting up scenes. Um, what was your day to day like? And also the challenges of, okay, we've had these characters before. Um, Errol obviously has a new storyline here with the car crash, but I mean, there's only so many segments or storylines or themes that you can use that in. And Danny Garcia we've done before and he's trained for big fights before. So um, the, your day-to-day -day and then also dealing with characters that we've seen, uh, we've seen before. The day-to-day -day starts... Uh way but not not way before but you know weeks before you know we start a google document between george and lanny levine who is our uh field producer down in down in dallas and you know you start with just ideas now i had been with errol uh so we talked about a couple things he wanted to you know he wanted to take us out to his merchandise you know to show us the merchandise which he and jordan designed and set up and he was very proud of that he was so proud of that and you know we said if you'll take us there we'll go and we did in the last show and the other storyline for errol besides the car crash besides 
you know, recovering from the accident was that he bought a ranch out in, um, you know, about an hour from the gym. He left Dallas. He said, you know, there was this dark cloud coming around him. He needed to get out of the city and clear his head. And it was the first thing that I said to him. I said, you're going to take us out to the ranch, Errol? And he said, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it happened the last week. And the stuff, uh, they went out there on a Sunday morning very early at sunrise and uh, shot some stuff around, around the ranch. And Errol really opened up there. And Errol's father really opened up there. So that's where, you know, kind of the rubber hits the road where everything comes together. All the things that you've talked about come coming to fruition. And, and George had a great moment too. That dinner was an amazing moment because there were so many emotions at the, at, at the dinner. And to me, um, Angel's, Angel's wife, um, Maritza, was fantastic. You know, she amazing. just... She was, yeah, she gave the emotions of, of saying that Angel's crazy. And in the same, in the same breath, she said, you know, I, I get so worked up when my son's in the ring, but I love it. And he's going to, he's going to kick his ass. That's what, that's what he said. And so there were so many of those moments that came out, things that you, things that you talk about and you hope to get that really happened in this camp. And this was during COVID, which was, crazy what a great job our producers George and Lanny did out with these guys and how these guys trusted us and we've been you know we've been doing this for two years now with the PBC and 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 Fox and we know these guys and we do and to tell their stories again you had the moment with Danny in Philly with where the people came up and people who grew up watching him as a little, as a little boy cutting school, hiding in the treehouse and running back into the house after his parents left. And there were just so many little moments like that, these little emotional. And Danny talks about how he, his gym is in that neighborhood because he wants to help rebuild it and how he's going to meet with the mayor. And, and like there, there were just so many of those type of things. Errol with his kids in the gym and Errol running at night with his kids and what his kids mean to him and, and Danny with his daughter at a simple lunch, just a simple lunch that we filmed in the house turned into a beautiful scene. And I mean, I really think that, that uh, especially in COVID, especially in COVID, how much that these guys opened up to us and trust us and gave us their, the keys to the, to their kingdom. And, and it was, it, it was, it was really emotional and I think that that I'm really proud of everybody on the team. Every, I mean, our editors, Eric Barchi and Christian Winters, just took what was done in the field. And we talked about, you know, okay, here's this piece, here's that piece. And they'd make it better than you'd ever imagine. Right. And then you have Scott Boggins and Craig Janest at the top. And I say this every time we talk, Karen, they give us the freedom to tell the stories. And I think we've become pretty good at it. And what was the second part of the question? No, no, you nailed it, man. And that's, and I, I want to also say the team, it's a great team. And, and you guys obviously did an amazing job with the show. So George, to close it out here, um, my question to you, we saw what Errol did. He, he looked great. He looked better than ever. You could argue. Um, where does he go from here opponent wise? Uh, obviously they actually acknowledged Terrence Crawford for once on the broadcast. He was ringside. Um, that's the fight everyone wants to see. 
Uh, Manny Pacquiao would be another possibility, a rematch maybe with Sean Porter, I'm sure, is in talk somewhere. I'm sure Sean Porter definitely wants that fight. And Danny Garcia, I mean, where, do, where does he go from here? So, George, uh, where, where do you think each fighter goes next? Well, with, with Errol, I mean, any of the three fighters you mentioned, uh, Pacquiao, Porter, or Crawford, that's who you want to see him fight next. I mean, ideally, in a, in a perfect world, which boxing is not, you'd like to see him fight Terrence Crawford next. Again, things are never that easy in boxing, but I, I get the sense that Spence at this point, he, he wants big fights. He, he wants big fights. So I think he probably would like Pacquiao next because fighters are making a living as well and they're looking to make as much money as they can. And a Pacquiao fight would be the biggest money fight for him. I don't think that fight is going to happen. Um, I don't know contractually if the Crawford fight can happen next. And I know Aram has done some work with Heyman. But who knows if Crawford is still going to be with top rank. Um, Sean Porter, that's a, a rematch that a lot of people would like to see. I, I would like to see, you know, and there's some young guns coming up that aren't ready yet. But any one of those three fights is a fight that I would like to see. And, you know, also remember, I know Errol has said he'll never fight Keith Thurman. But Keith Thurman is still, you know, one year he's going to come back in the ring and fight again. Um, so... I think people are excited in boxing that Errol is back and that Errol looks maybe better than ever. And they want to see him against a big name. And uh, Danny Garcia, I I've read rumblings about people saying he would move up to 154 pounds. I don't think that his dad would. I don't think Dan Danny's a smart guy. Danny's not a very big welterweight. Um, I just don't think that that would be a good fit for him. Uh, he he doesn't have problems making the weight. You know, who knows what's next for Danny? Um, he is 32 years old. He's he's made good money. He's been very smart with his money. Um, I still sense that he has a lot of passion for the sport. But, you know, who, who knows? I, I really don't know what's next for him. Um, he, he didn't talk about retirement. He said he was taking things fight by fight. I know he's very disappointed in the loss. Um, but, you know, look, he's a Philly fighter, man. He, he'll, he'll be back. I just, I, I hope it's not at 154 pounds. And I think we all want to see Errol Spence back in the ring. He said he's going to fight in the summer. And let's hope it's, it's a big name. And same question to uh, Eric Paulin. Um, who do you want to see next for both guys? Uh, and, and also, which one would make the most interesting uh, show? Which would make the most interesting fight camp? You know, uh, George, I don't want to reiterate what George said because I'm going to say the same things. The, the one guy that George didn't mention um, in, the, in the welterweight division, uh, another guy we've worked with a bunch of times, and I think he's hungry. He's a couple years older than Errol. Is your Dennis Ugas. And I think that would be a really, really entertaining fight. Um, he's got a great backstory, you know, growing up in Cuba. <laughs> the guy fought like, I mean, he's fought like, you know, 200 fights or something like that as an amateur, uh, a legendary amateur in Cuba. I'd love to see Errol and your Dennis Ugas. Um, for Danny, I think he's, like he said, after the fight, he was so classy. You know, tonight wasn't my night. Errol was better, 
and um, he said he has to rebuild. I'd love to see Danny fight Keith Thurman. I'd love to see Danny fight Sean Porter again. I think they'd be really entertaining fights. Um, and they were close the first time. I think they'd be close the second time. And I think it would be good. I think it would be good business for all of them. Um, but there's 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 lots of matchups. This is probably the premier division in boxing. You know, there's no shortage of names. I mean, we didn't even touch on Jamal James. Jamal James, a, yeah, another up and comer. You know, who could who could get into this mix and 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 won a championship when he fought in July. So there's there's plenty of options out there for for both guys and uh you know we're, we're looking forward to working with, with both of them very soon again the welterweight division red hot as it's been for the last few decades uh i think there's plenty of options but i, I i'm sure we're all in agreement and i'm sure everyone listening is saying we want spence crawford uh if not the biggest mm -hmm. fight in boxing that could be made definitely on top you know near the top of the list if not top of the list so it's our job as observers, as people who work in this industry to kind of keep pushing for that to happen sooner than later, not let it over marinate. Um, and hopefully we see that fight and they can get through the obstacles. But the fact that uh, Crawford was there ringside is a good sign. The fact that Spence didn't say, I want to fight X next. He said, I want to go to my ranch and chill, which he's definitely deserved. Um, that to me are good signs and hopefully we can see that, that mega fight, uh, Eric Paul and George Jakovic. I want to thank you guys so much for the time for breaking down this epic fight, uh, for giving us a peek behind the curtain into the production world of what took place for fight camp. And, um, hopefully we see some good fights coming up and have another discussion after the next fight camp. Absolutely. We'd love to do it. Great. Great being with you, Karen. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, guys. And that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to my guests, Eric Paulin and George Jakovic. If you want to follow us, uh, you can follow at A-T-E underscore podcast. That's on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow my personal channels, it's at C-U-R-R-A-N-B-H-A-T-I-A -A -A on Instagram and Twitter. That's at Karan Bhatia at, on Instagram and Twitter. Please subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Karan Bhatia. Uh, please check out uh, our show on iTunes. Hit subscribe. Give us a five-star review. If you want to email the show, it's asktheexpertspod at gmail.com. I am Karan Bhatia. And this was Ask the Experts. Thank you for listening to Ask the Experts with Karen Bhatia.